Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of Rethink Hospitality. This is Oliver Skipper here, and in this episode, Ivan and Michael are going to discuss the food delivery market and the implications operators should consider before deciding to offer a food delivery service. They will discuss everything from the history of food delivery to click and collect ordering systems and also third party platforms. So tune in and enjoy. Welcome to the Rethink Hospitality podcast with me, Michael Tinkster, and all the way from Australia, Ivan Brewer. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm very well. And yourself? I am absolutely fantastic. It's a funny thing to say because we've never actually met in person, as we've sort of mentioned before, but it's, it's an, always an absolute delight talking to you. So it's a, it's a real pleasure um, to do so. So we're really pleased to be able to spend some time with you again. Yeah, and uh, for the people that have listened in before, they maybe listen a bit to our our intro uh, we released or our earn earn the right, as we said, where we we talked a bit about why we want to do this, and uh, and today's uh, subject we're going to talk all about the uh, delivery in all the aspects we can get around within the uh, the next uh, forty five minutes. Um, so yeah, so I think we will. Uh, we of course prepared a bit today, so uh, we'll we'll just take it from the top. But uh, do you want to uh, start it off, Ivan, and then we we can we can take it from there? Thank you, Michael. I think it, it really is the probably the number one topic, isn't it? It's the the topic on the tip of the tongue of of most of the industry. It's something that has really changed the dynamic of the the current restaurant model and and the way in which the restaurants interact with their customers. So the, it is a really good sort of indication, almost a metaphor for the, for the modern world um, for delivery. So I think it's a really interesting thing to talk about to, for people because my sense now is there's a real groundswell from the restaurants. The restaurants themselves are, are scratching their heads and just really how having now been around for a little while delivery, it's not really as new anymore um we're really seeing what delivery means for the customer experience how the drivers are and delivery drivers are being uh, treated and 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 the behavior and the effect on the brand so i think it's just a really a really good time to have a chat about delivery and and just to talk about what would be the positives and negatives and whether it's it actually makes sense for a business to do it totally agree and um and the, the, the funny thing is that um this is gonna have even bigger impact in the future as well but i always say when i talk delivery with people uh and uh and we work with a guy in our team that's called ato who's built a delivery business and it's nothing new it's actually existed for many years ago because he's built that business started building that business 25 30 years ago and Domino's is probably one of the most known one that's done it for years and um and also you've, you've seen massive growth in this and there's a lot in the media around uh, the third party platform that's out there. And that's probably really accelerated and also the customer's need for, for convenience and things like that. But it's insane to see how the, the market, especially in the US and Australia and the UK where we sit, uh, have really changed over the, the last 10, five to 10 years. And uh, they believe there's going to be massive growth within the uh, in the coming years. I think just in the UK alone, from 2009, 2017, I read some statistics that the market has grown almost 36.5% uh, over those years. Uh, and they're expecting much more 
to come in a way and the market should grow to a massive amount millions of pounds so so a lot of people see this as a, the new uh, new colorado the new golden place to go and dig gold uh, but we're going to go in and talk a bit about more about you you probably have to be careful when you go into this this is not just a, an easy easy journey if you decide to do delivery no i agree and it's as you mentioned the the idea, um, which is what Domino's executed specifically as a strategic plan back in the 70s and 80s, was to look at low-rent locations and then be able to deliver the food to your customers. So it made an awful lot of sense. And the thing that I guess I've sort of scratched my head about a little with delivery is that you'd think that it's not it was so completely new, but it really is very core to our industry. As you mentioned, you know, people not only developing the delivery-type apps, but We've been known to deliver products, the, the most obvious and, and well-known being pizzas. We've been delivering products forever, for as long as I could possibly remember. So it's, um, it's really interesting that we've, we've all of a sudden sort of given up on any form of control and jumped onto this new bandwagon as if it's the, the newest thing in the world. And, and perhaps it's this perception and, and whether it's true or some of the quite extravagant sort of stories that are told from the people selling these sorts of platforms, but... Um, that all of a sudden there's the customer demand, so that's the customer end now that are that are jumping up and down and wrapping and rubbing their hands together. So it's a it's a really yeah it's a very interesting thing this um this delivery beast, especially the you know customers has has driven this and 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 that's often what happens you know you you're driven by the needs of your customer. There's nothing new that in any industry, but it's very interesting to see how fast it's growing. I think also I saw some numbers about predicting that the there will be there's about 20 million users today online on delivery just in the United Kingdom and they expect that to go up to 28 million user ordering online uh, at some point during the year some some would even be heavy users doing it three to four times a week um and 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 that's where i think that it becomes interesting for to for restaurant and you know operators to look at this and see how can they take part of this and that this is what we're going to discuss today as well because there's different ways of doing it there's not uh, only one way of doing it uh, but all of them have their have their challenges uh, as as move forward and i think another thing that really have changed is um we talked in the intro about tech is changing the world and it is, uh, but the world is just evolving. Uh, in my world, it's just a new tools we got to to do the heavy lifting. And I think that suddenly, you know, getting these infrastructures around delivery has become much easier because of technology and the way we can communicate with customers. Um, so yeah, so I think think that's another reason. And coming back to the Domino example, where you said, uh, I think the new version of what Domino did in the seventies is called dark kitchens today where you again go into to areas where you get can build up kitchen facilities for for very low um low costs becoming commercial entities aren't they you know shared kitchens or commercial kitchens that you know there's also you know the food trucks those sorts of things where businesses are no longer tied to large sort of commercial kitchens in a in a bricks and mortar sense they they can also go and have dark kitchens and even rent a space within a dark kitchen they don't even need to pick up the permanent overheads of the dark kitchen you know sort of go in there do the prep and the things that they need to to be able to run a business and I'd, I'd actually foresee a time in which because the only interaction that a customer has with a dark kitchen is is purely the story that that kitchen is saying via the internet by whatever brand and, and pictures they're putting up 
you could literally have three or four businesses operating out of the one dark kitchen running different types of food. Customer wouldn't know any different. No, and I think you, you're right. It, it's become quite interesting. I think um, the delivery world will be, and I is, I think, is where you need, you have this need for food three times a day, and they fulfill that in a way. So it becomes more uh, a need. And then then you would like to buy some food that you, you know, you like, and you trust in a way. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if a purely dark kitchen brand can actually build that relationship with the customers or actually you need to have a physical location to have that touch point with them or to build that trust in a way that you actually are an operating restaurant or where else is my food coming from? Is it a, from a very dirty kitchen somewhere I've never seen in a way? Um, so yeah, so I think there's some interesting, uh, interesting things coming up in view. I don't have the answer on that. Uh, I just, I, I just, maybe it's a personal thing. I just like to know where my food comes from. Uh, and I think there's more and more awareness about that out in the, out by the customers as well. So, so dark kitchen for me, I can see from a, a business model point of view, uh, it, it gives very good sense and then the numbers doesn't lie. Um, so, so right now, definitely there's something around that, but it's going to be interesting to see how, how, how that actually manifests as a part of uh, the, the hospitality market and, and especially the takeaway market. Well, I think it's, I think it is a really interesting time when, and perhaps only because of this, that these enormous businesses are rolling out at such phenomenal scale, you know, throughout the world as well, losing huge amounts of money, like absolutely profoundly large amounts of money and yet still operating. It's, it's interesting that they have such an effect and are such a force within the industry when they're losing money. They're not even real businesses in that sense where they're actually making money. You know, they're just having money being poured into them. So I think that it's going to, for me, this sort of next 12, 18, 24 months is going to be perhaps one of the largest periods of change within the delivery industry. I think that I think there's consolidations that are going to be happening. I think that the regular decision-making, you know, the the regulations and the councils and those sorts of things in Australia, um, wage rates, for example, are something that is, I believe, will start to impact that you've got. If I was a restaurant hiring someone to deliver, I would have to pay them more money than an Uber Eats or any other platform would have to pay because they're contractors, but I'm not allowed to get a contractor to do the same. So I think that unlevel playing field has to change, you know, and, and so I think that, that the world of regulation is going to start catching up with the, the sprinting force of the digital economy. So I think that that's just some of the little, you know, the, the very outlying areas that are going to change quite significantly. And I think you were really right about, you know, the whole uh, regularities uh, and you've seen Airbnb uh, and uh, Uber taxis have also been caught up by uh, legislation and uh, and uh, there's now been putting things in place actually to, you know, balance it out in a way, not restrict it. But I think I don't think you should restrict new things. And that's often what happens. I think they, they come in and disrupt something and then there's no rules in a way. They're on a playing field where there's no rules and they set their own rules, which is, is, is quite important for involving an economy, a new digital economy. But I think now there's going to be a more, uh, or I hope that's going to be a more balanced approach because that's what needs to be done. It has to be fair for everyone, uh, these things. And I, uh, and especially the, there's some 
dilemmas around you know uh, competition than when you can operate for a much lower cost than uh, somebody just uh, having an online platform that that's definitely a challenge for operators and there's stories out there there was a, a show in um, in the uk in a very uh, in the cold panorama about the uh, the whole third party platform challenges there's around you know especially around pay and uh, what it means how it impacts the operators again from uh, both from uh, losing the power of the customer journey but also the right to data and um, and also controlling that you know sales that goes through that platform in a way because it can almost cannibalize your your own business suddenly you will not have people coming in and sitting and visiting your your indian uh, restaurant anymore if you have one of those and there's there's so many examples of of the food just isn't suitable to transport so it there is a convenience element obviously to ordering food and getting it and i think for me it's very much a commodity process i'm not sure from my experience my understanding of consumers that people are necessarily out there searching for a particular brand i think a lot of the time if they want a burger they're just going to get the the burger that's been optimized like a supermarket that sits on the top shelf, you know, that has the – and for me, it is a little bit like that. The the online delivery platforms are very much like a, a supermarket. And, this, and the concern being with a supermarket that they have their own brands that sort of come in and they control pricing, they control where it is that an item would be located within that website and how it would be seen. Because obviously within a platform, the where it's promoted and how it's promoted is going to have an enormous impact on whether it's actually um, ordered through or not. So I think that that's, that's going to be really, really interesting. Um, so I'm, I'm concerned about the commodity nature of it. And um, there's going to be some movement, I'm sure, within the tech realm about how we can investigate trying to create some experiences. And I think that it will be a, a digital experience will be very different to the experiences we typically sort of envisaged within the hospitality interaction. So I think that this commercial hospitality vein, um, which is typically all about anonymity and arm's length and efficiency, um, it's going to be, and, and hence for me, it's not. It's simply not suitable to every type of business and every type of product because it might be convenient. But I would dare say in the majority of the cases, the quality of the product is significantly, um, suffers significantly. And I think it's it's also very important that uh, that uh, um, I think we both have a, a balanced view on the third party platform. If that's Deliveroo, Uber, or DoorDash, or whatever it is, uh, they 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 have they have a, a reason for be here, and there will be some businesses where it gives sense to do this, and it will maybe not give sense to put your whole product or your whole menu offering on there. But it has to be, as you said, the things that travels really well. And actually give sense from a profitability point of view, because I'm, I'm, I'm now been advising in a couple of situations where we have, you know, done a, a review or before people went on any of these platforms, because it would never be realistic for them to run, you know, um, a delivery team because it would just to be to a massive cost and it would give sense to take that revenue. But there were just some of their products that didn't give sense to have on the platform. And when you started to do, you know, the, the profit analysis on it, so it doesn't matter when you sell one of them. You just spend more money making it. You're sending it out with a, a, a minus before it goes out the store door. And that's where you need to be really clever about if you're using third-party platforms or doing it yourself. But doing it yourself really is a is a massive undertaking, of course. But it will give sense for some people to do it yourself. Definitely, if you're building a takeaway business, then there's no reason for not 
doing it yourself because in my world that's going to impact uh, i've been sitting uh, advising investors where they looked at a takeaway business where they made a decision to go with a third party platform and they actually thought that was the main reason why they didn't want to invest because there was challenge around who re- owned that revenue and how would that revenue suddenly be lost from one day to the other and the data that was behind that uh, they couldn't learn anything from that they couldn't even take that data and go and do it themselves. Um, and then there was the whole customer experience, which was the main reason these investors, they they left this deal. The, right, the rest of the business was very well run. It was a very good business. But that was the main concern they had. Look, I completely agree. And I think it, it is a real key concern because you are – no, no, absolutely. What you what you'd mentioned. I think there's there's a place for them. They're going to continue and they're going to exist. I think that there are decisions and that we'll talk through that can be made that really make more sense for a business. I think that I think there is really is some evolving to go through, and I think there's some real niche opportunities within the delivery market as well. I think um, one for me is how it is that it could actually impact on on catering. We see the usual suspects, you know, with the likes of Spotless and Compass and these sort of huge, absolutely huge global companies that lock up a lot of, you know, like a they might take over all of the catering within a law firm or, you know, a hundred examples of that. I think that there's a real potential for delivery to be able to facilitate just the regular cafes or restaurants being able to access that market because they can take care of the the delivery component um, really effectively. So I think there's there are opportunities and I think that there, there's an opportunity for a, a, a higher standard of delivery. So in terms of presentations of drivers or, or behavior and etiquette of drivers, I think there's a real opportunity for that to be something that, that evolves the same way as it, it sees a, like a silver service type um, taxi scenario. So I think there's, there's really interesting things that, that can happen. But, and look, my, my concern has always come down to, really questioning i think what's been the core promotion of delivery platforms and that is the the question that will be asked is do you have extra capacity and if you do um you're not completely busy then you should look at using delivery the things that i would sort of look at and think about when answering that question are one i don't think we've i don't think delivery's actually increased the hospitality spend so you know i know a lot of Bars midweek have really struggled and they've laid that at the feet of delivery. So I don't think that all of a sudden we've got all this delivery and then we're, you know, we've increased the total hospitality spend by 10%. So it really does seem to be that we're cannibalizing the sort of in-house spends, which, are, which I think is quite, um, quite fascinating. But I think, yeah, really having to decide and think about what's going to be the right way. And, and, and for me, it's really about, um, it's about time. So we all know that, you know, Friday, Saturday night, you're not going to have any spare capacity. So whether you're a daytime business, you're going to have peak times around your lunchtime. Now, you you don't have any extra capacity to give off to delivery. So then if all of a sudden 10% of your sales become delivery, that's 10% heavily commissioned sales and you're losing 10% of sales that you're getting all of the money for. So that kind of capacity management, I think, is the the number one top of mind thing to think about great if you want to be able to promote a tuesday or a wednesday or an off sort of time but you know the the way in which i've heard from operators describing delivery to me is the is that 
the delivery platforms will steal your customers and sell them back to you because they don't just want to bring you new customers. They want to capture your existing customers and send them to you and get commissions off of all of them. And that's, I guess, something that, that's a little bit less than ideal. And I think also that um, you can see some of these platforms and um, actually using that data as well to open their own restaurants. So, of course, you you have to be aware that you're feeding them with, uh, you know, very unique data for them to send a silver bullet in to uh, to open restaurant, which is just, uh, that's just how uh, business is, you know. And I, I, I can, there's many people say that's, that's wrong. But if you had the knowledge that, uh, in that area, a Thai restaurant with these types of dishes would do really well, wouldn't you operate that business yourself again? So again, I think, I think that's the, the, the nature of, um, you know, uh, business as well. So again, again, of course, they can never do it, uh, uh, with the same soul and, uh, energy as the the founder or the, uh, the the business that has actually come up with these concepts but again there has to has to be some critical thinking about what is it that i'm giving away besides i'm giving away a bit of my profit i'm actually getting away giving something away that's maybe even more worth than just a year sales is maybe the the future of my business in a way and how i operate that and I, in today's world you can uh, do a lot of things yourself um one of the things i always uh, says to people is that uh, i understand if uh, you can't set up a, a, an operation around delivery yourself but then what can you do can you actually get your clients to do click and collect uh can you take it, uh, can you, can you do others ways of maybe delivering within a short radius of your space where you have a person that can walk around, especially in uh, more in, in, in bigger cities and stuff like that. That's definitely worth doing around lunchtime because maybe there's low sales in your lunchtime uh, because you're more an evening restaurant. So, so there's different ways of like thinking this in and then you comes back to you again. It, it has to, what you said, it has to be the, the right product you send out of the door as well that really works and travels really well um and then you have to think about what does that cost in packaging because sending things out of the door actually puts extra cost on them uh, and packaging is becoming more and more expensive especially with the uh, paper and environmental focus there's in the moment so again that's another thing to take into the equation and you need to have in your your calculation i think and that's what i always talk with people about is that um how much are you actually going to sell and is actually worth it with the extra cost you're, you're putting on and, and the things you're losing if you went with a, a third party platform. And sometimes maybe that doesn't really matter. And then it's fine to do it. Then you make the session. You ask yourself the questions, uh, why, why I'm doing this and, uh, and what is the downside? Yeah, I agree. And it's not, there's something that the industry isn't really very good at understanding is time. It really is about speed. If, if something takes, 10 minutes to make then you're going to only do six of those per hour so it really is a matter of understanding and designing the menu in such a way where you have quite uncapped capacity so if you can only do 300 meals in an hour then how can menu menus be adapted and be a variation that then really facilitates delivery so something that can be done fast something that can be done at good good quality and something that can sit and hold well um, and i think there are some areas as well i'd really like to see the delivery going out in batches a lot more than just the one the one off. So really, a delivery driver could, you know, drive out to Archway, drive back again, and then have another delivery going exactly the same place. And of course, chefs and restaurants we understand batch cooking because we look to cook for a whole table at a time. Um, so really, I think there are some operational things that we can do to make 
make the most of the opportunity at hand. And I think what you said around, you know, educating the drivers as well and, and, and their behavior, I think that's a, that's probably one of the biggest thing. And as you see both complaints for, for customers and, um, and also from, from the operators so that that is a challenge in a way. And if you can get that right, then you're actually also taking care of the, the, the experience part as well. Uh, even though we know that's, that's not an easy, easy thing, but that's definitely one of the things that, that can be a challenge as well. Um, but what is very interesting also, there's still people going out and doing it themselves because they it's very important for their business especially when they're prime uh, takeaway business and there's a especially one business i've been having a little look at in in london it's called yard sale pizza uh, and uh, what it is is really artisan pizzas but they found a way of doing you know doing that as a delivery business and they have a little sit-in uh, but they run with their own drivers and they spend a lot of energy, you know, training these drivers and they make it a discipline in a way. And it's very interesting to see that it's not impossible to do this. But again, like anything else in life, it really needs some hard work and uh, grind. And you need to actually understand uh, that you're operating as, as uh, the, the MD, uh, Johnny said to me, we are operating two different business models at the same time. We're doing a bit of sit-in. And then we have the delivery business is very important for us, but it's very two different beasts to, to, to manage. It's two different business models in a way. Uh, and, and that really takes, you know, practice, uh, to, to become good at that. Um, and they've been very careful not to scale in size, even though they have, you know, the, the customers screaming out for them to open in more boroughs around London. They've been very careful not scaling too fast as well because they knew that uh, uh, delivery parts of it can actually make or, or break the business if they don't go slowly forward. So it's again comes back to anything else, like if you open too many units too fast, you will break your business. But again, here you're actually you're scaling. If they went out, they're scaling two business models at the same time. So just very interesting to see they're really making an effort and into making this a discipline and do it really well in a way. Yeah, and I think that physical design will be impacted more and more as well that the the fact that people will be collecting um take away you know that even i think to some extent for the more traditional restaurants um the fact that we have so many cancellations and people and no shows i think that these sort of modern impacts on the industry are, are things that are going to be factored into the actual physical hard structures of the business and how they can actually then be efficient in running their delivery and providing that almost separate experience, you know. So the person that's that's paying the extra money and that's sitting in inside and and giving you more of the dollar than you would be going out of the delivery is not being impacted in a negative way by you running delivery out of that same business. And I think often also, yeah, and we talked about it before, like how do you save time for the consumer? Because because many times when you talk takeaway or click and collect for that sake, it's all about how do you be able to save time because they don't, it's because they are, people are, you know, there's a lot going on in people's life. Uh, they need to make a fast decision and they want to have something to eat. And it, it's a time thing more, as you said before, they want a burger, they want a, uh, a pot of noodles or they want to eat healthy or whatever it is so and they just have to go quick they're not that 
relevant for them where it is but i still i still believe that over time and what you see there will be a shift that people are coming more aware about where the food comes from and so on and that's where i think operators has a massive opportunity as well if if they can't do delivery they can definitely do click and collect and i've i've worked with a couple operator where in a way they didn't believe that this would have an impact but for very small money you can set up and there's a, there's a lot of great apps out there i'm not an advocate for one over the other but there's like order shift in the uk there's prior day i think that's global and then there's moby to go i think exactly from over you way from this new zealand and all these apps i've seen and we we work with operators on these and i can see they they slowly build but they don't they don't revolutionize sales from one day to the other, but customer gets aware that actually I can save time. I can use my app to go and order the food, go and, and pick it up uh, 20 minutes later um, on my way to somewhere else. Uh, and, and often actually what's, what's quite interesting when, especially when operators has been on third party platforms, um, the, the, the customer says, I really like to buy from you directly as well. Because there is again, you know, uh, a connection, and uh, especially if you're doing really well and you do what you do, you do really well. The customer really wants to be be part of your journey and actually deal directly with you as well. So, so, so there's definitely a midway where you also do click and collect together with delivery platforms or your own delivery team. And I think click and collect is going to be even bigger, especially around lunch where people only have very short time in their lunch break, where they can go in and pick up from shelf. And you see like Sweet Green in the US has rolled this out. You see other concepts in London as well, like um, salad concepts, where you just actually uh, order before you go down to the store. It could also just be a website order and you go and click and collect those things and you see other pizza restaurants and stuff like that starting to implement that so i think that that's a bit like an um a missed opportunity for many which is a very low startup cost it takes a bit of organization and deciding what you have on that menu again and what you want to do it again because you also you need to be aware that if you get really busy on that you want to have things you can move very quickly to your your kitchen for a capacity point of view again I think that there's there's just going to be a real interesting, I think, evolution moving forward. It's it's a real we can't just treat the customer the same way that we always have. The marketing can't just be the same. So the messaging really is now about because what's sort of interesting about the millennials and they're sort of being blamed or or congratulated depending on which side of the conversation you're on about really bringing forward this sort of convenience era. But at the same time, it's really a generation that has been much more ethically focused, that, that's much more concerned about the planet, much more concerned about the elements of the supply chain. So I think the the actual story about why it is that you should purchase something from this business that includes, you know, the, the supporting of the business as opposed to supporting a platform is really important. So it's, it's different messaging and it's really wanting to create an experience in a sense, but really wanting to sort of explain and give someone an understanding of what you're selling and why so that they can interact with it. Because the reality of technology interaction with your business is that it doesn't breed loyalty. There's been some great research to show that, that customers that order through technology are not going to build the same sort of loyal relationships with your business. So you're going to have to fight much harder and, and, targeted in very different ways to try to get customers coming back to you and i think it comes back again to that uh, we are moving from this uh, very consumer focused behavior to become aware that we are citizens 
and we are looking for more than just you know a, a, a quick fix we are i'm buying something or I'll get something to eat you're actually looking for that connection and experience so it becomes very philo- philosophic now but i think that uh, there's definitely a move away from what i call face less businesses it has to be businesses that's in for profit but they also do more than just profit they actually doing an impact on the world. And you can see more and more restaurant operator like Coffee Concepts and uh, and so on coming up and actually having a purpose that's bigger than just doing profit. They know they need to do profit because if they don't do profit, they do impact. And I think, again, yeah, that's very difficult to build that relationship with people digitally uh, if you're doing that and then using digital to to you know to leverage your business because i think what digital things do or technology it helps you do the heavy lifting or get faster out to people so i really believe in technology is a very big part of what we need to do to you know uh, rethink and and maybe do some uh, changes in the industry to to actually put ourselves in a better place from a profitability point of view uh, but i think again it comes back to that your why and the core of what you do as you say why is it that you are making this food why is it that i should buy from you why do i like you why do i trust you do i know you in a way i think there will be a move towards that um but um but how it will unplay and how quickly it will unplay I don't have an idea about, but I definitely can see the early, early signs of that, uh, where things are moving in a different direction as well for consumer, but also if you look inside the business, how, how people want to be employed as well. So I think that's going to have a massive impact on how you will do delivery as well, because it all comes back to your core values and the way you approach business, how you choose to do things and also if you choose to do delivery via third party, do it yourself or you only do click and collect or you don't do delivery because your product is not in a way born to do that. It's born to that you come to that restaurant and have that experience together with the people in the restaurants and the people that serves you. We can really look towards the experience of retail. I think that when you kind of take a step back, it's kind of ironic that that the mantra and the narrative within retail is now all about creating experiences and and really building those relationships with the customers and and wanting to already actively sort of move away, provide the service of the of the delivery sure and the the Amazon effect, I guess, is is the way it's been described. But within hospitality, we seem so fast to be able to just outsource everything and put it all online. Well, there's there's a reason why retail, which has gone through this before restaurants really have is trying to build that that experience in in house and build because now as if we're you know going and buying a tv and we can stand within that retail store and we can get online and compare it with 10 other stores right there and then right in front of us same product we can get reviews we can you're going to do the same thing with the restaurant as well so you can't just have a send out a, a burger you yourself think it's the best burger and just expect your customer to come back it's just not going to work that way because they also now can just put up 10 burger chains exactly the same place who are they going to choose and the one that's going to be the one that if you want to not just be based on price and be a sheer commodity because there's nothing really unique in food really is there i mean pretty much we can all buy from the same suppliers we can all hire the same sort of talent so how is it that you can create a reason for that customer to go to you that you, as opposed to choosing over the the 20 other um, businesses that are basically selling exactly the same product. Yeah, and no, that's there uh, again. As I said, I think I totally agree with all you said, and that's where you need to find out: does delivery actually fit into my, you know, basic 
values uh, position in the market and what I want to deliver deep down and you need to ask yourself those questions and I think there's a bit of a, a fad around delivery as well uh, but I think like anything else delivery is one thing where you have to think is this the right thing for me does that fit in with me my overall objectives my vision and purpose and strategies for the next coming years and will it actually take my business one-on-one to be there in three years time which is it's a totally another conversation but how many asking themselves where do i want to be in five years time how do i get there what kind of things do i need to bring on to do that from people to resources and etc that's that's a totally other conversation we don't need to go into now but again it's one of those again where you need to assess if that fits into that plan um and i i'm i'm there's been there's been a lot of a positive conversation around uh uh the whole delivery change and it is part of the the business now and and i think it's a, it's something you need to embrace and find out but again it's been interesting to see my uh, my old employer and, uh, and and a business i really adore mcdonald's has come into challenges primarily in the u.s where there has been operators the the fields or francis sees the fields it's it's hard to uh actually uh, get this to work from a profitability point of view um and they they gone a bit against the 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 uh, the, the headquarter or the, the management of, of McDonald's in uh, and uh, Steve Easterbrook is getting a bit of a hard time from them, and 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 that's 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 interesting to see in a way because that's never been seen before that the the McDonald's franchisees is going together to actually protest against something, and it, and it could be that uh, they they they're wrong. But it's, there's definitely something happening out there where that some business model will will struggle doing this uh, delivery and make it work in a way for them, especially franchise model. I think because again, you're already giving away your profit. Um, Agreed. I think it creates a really interesting conflict, doesn't it? Where the the franchise fee that's being paid to the to head office and the franchisor is off the top line. So they're thinking happy days, you know, get as much delivery as you like because that's building building the business. It's not that their franchise fee is not coming less the commission that's being paid to the delivery platform. So, you know, so they, they, they typically pay rent as a percentage of top line and they're paying their franchise fees as a percentage of top line. So what's fantastic for the franchisor and the head office is not necessarily at all fantastic for the franchisee themselves. So that's just a one example and probably one of the big boys. And you will also t- could take this down on smaller businesses. But I think spe- specifically franchise business, you have to be very clever about how you do that. Because every time you take something out of the P&L or add something to the P&L, we can call it instead, it has an impact for the franchisees. And and, and as an, a franchisor, you are in the market to make sure that the, 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 the franchise is making a profit. Because that's why why they're in there. They are uh, they are not employees. They are that takes a salary out. They are people that invest with their money. So they are equity partner or investors. That's often how I perceived it myself when I worked in franchising. I looked at them, uh, and you need to make sure they they can create this kind of kind of sustainable business in a way. So you, again, there's something to be aware about when you you start thinking about if you have a franchise and and implementing delivery. I think. Well, there's a, there's a reason that we talk about the McDonaldization of the industry and as as a, a force for efficiency because they've been an outright incredible success. They they really are the benchmark, absolutely incredible quality of product. Now they're paying twenty percent commission, 
and their franchisees are struggling. So if, if the best of the best paying 20% compared to the 30 and 35% commissions that many people are paying really does start to question the value of the delivery as a, and as an across the board. It really is something that needs to be very, as we've discussed, very discerningly used so that it, it actually enhances your, your brand and profitability and doesn't, um, doesn't undermine it. Again, 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 you're, you're totally spot on there. It's again, is it, is that decision you need to make? You need to understand that, um, uh, what it actually, what impact is this going to have on your business? Uh, not only in revenue, because a lot of people just looked at revenue, but I always say, uh, uh, there can be very expensive revenue to get if you don't get any profit of it, if you have to throw money after it. And that again, that every time you make a business decision, you need to see how it actually it, it imp- impacts your whole PNL. Um, and again, again, delivery is again another example of really, really try to understand how is this actually going to impact my PNL and then A, B test it. Because what I've seen often is that people go flow, full blown. Is there's a, let's try to A, B test it if we want to do something. Maybe we'd only do it in a specific day part. We only do it with specific products in the beginning. And we make it only available for a specific area of uh, clients first because to see how it works out. So you don't, you haven't rolled out and actually committed your whole business to the straight away. So again, I think in general, there just need to be some more A B testing as you do in technology and many other industries before you do something full blown out. There's not just a turn on and turn off button. There's also, you know, a bit of a putting in the lab and actually try it out. How will work in your business? The different elements. It could be doing it yourself. It could be click and collect. It could be uh, it could be third party platforms. I think there's again an approach again how how you do this. Uh, and if you you run a, a group or a chain, I think you definitely have that opportunity to test it out before you you scale it up. And I know that's what what the big brand does as well. So again, it's just again approaching in in the right way when you start implementing this as well. And I think something that we touched on in in the intro is it it really is just about making i guess conscious and deliberate decisions really thinking about it the right way and really looking at and measuring it as as you suggest you know we've we've both been around for a long time and and can see an awful lot of businesses that would be very very busy um and that are clearly focusing completely on their top lines you know busy there's plenty of busy businesses that get, that go out of business so it really is about using it for the right reason. And, you know, if I was to to summarize an approach per se around delivery, for me, it really is a matter of use it or be used by it. You can't just be a passive passenger and just think that nothing's changed. I'll just turn on a little bit of delivery and see what happens. We're in a time now where it's easier to engage with your customers than ever before. It's easier to, you know, to create your tribe and to get your followers you just can't be lazy. You need to really, really improve your game across every element of your business for delivery to work for you as well. It's a bit like there's never anything. So uh, I've seen from when my mom and dad ran their restaurant group, just just came to them. They had to work for it. And the same goes here. Even though if you team up with one of the third-party platforms, you have to make it work as well. It's not enough just to make the food and send it out of the door. That's the perception but that's not how it works. You really need to to work at it and make understand. So if you decide to go down, down that line, then become the best one to do that through delivery, as I normally say. Don't do it half-hearted. Uh, become the best one. And what I mean with the best one, the one that actually gets the most out of it from a customer and profitability point of view as well. Absolutely agree. 
Where do you think this is all going, uh, Ivan? Because we're now in the, the end of it. And to sum up, um, we, we, we talked a bit about, we've been from everything, from where the market is right now, what's happening, the different options within delivery, um, the challenges and how to, to implement and how to approach this to your business. But where do you think in, in general the whole delivery market is moving uh, over the next couple of years? You mentioned a bit, uh, the, you said that, we're not selling more food. We're just subsidizing the way we are getting it delivered to us and how we consume it. I think there's going to be a maturing, I guess, the way in which the restaurants interact and, and relate to it. I think there's there's a lot more businesses that that are being brave, which I say in inverted commas, you know, having the guts to not just, you know, believe everything that's been told to you by a rep that turns up in front of you. It's not things like... Things like delivery are not a panacea. They're not going to automatically solve all of your problems. So I think that there's going to be a consolidation. They, they just can't be the number of delivery companies um, continuing to exist. I think that I really struggle to believe that in an Australian context, for example, I think that it's largely just going to be capital city CBD orientated. Um, I believe that the the equity in the drivers actually having rights and getting paid properly are going to make what is at the moment an unprofitable business even more unprofitable. So they can't. You can't have one driver getting paid twenty five dollars an hour going out and just doing one delivery. That just doesn't work. But in a CBD context, they might be making half a dozen within that hour. So I think that there's going to be some. I don't think in regional centres are going to be able to do delivery at all. I really don't. Um, and I think there is going to be. I'm really quite fascinated by deliveries decision to basically to to sell off their tech to rent off their tech to facilitate and i think there's going to be a lot of movement a lot of um there's going to be some entrepreneurs taking advantage of that and sort of how it is that they can create you know not do it the the way in which the the big commissions have been paid how else can they sort of monetize delivery um yeah and i think taking advantage of things like the corporates so I think delivery is not really something that's necessarily within the corporate setting. So a, a board meeting happening at, uh, you know, down down the street, I think that at the moment I would struggle to see that being something where a delivery driver could just turn up in. But I think that higher, that more elegant version of, of delivery and really facilitating, I guess, the, the democratization of that sort of catering part of the world, I think, where you could, again, just be any any cafe anyone within an area could be popping in and serving that so i think those sorts of things are going to be really interesting to watch over over the next 12 to 24 months i agree and i think i see exactly the same and i can already see that here i actually see so seen that delivery will have gone into the catering bit and uh, the interesting thing with catering is that um, especially in companies where they become much more aware about what they feed to their employees so it's all about you know creating this employee experience but it's all about productivity as well i think definitely you know uh, concepts that has a, a more slight version over to be plant-based or healthy-based definitely has an opportunity here to go in and take some of the catering market. It doesn't mean that you have to have a setup like the big caterers like Compass Groups and what they're called out there that's running catering primarily because it's a very distant, different business. But you definitely have an opportunity where you have capacity and uh, probably for, for many restaurants in um at lunchtime, where uh, they could actually, if they could make a high-end offer and they could find the right partner or do it themselves, could deliver into boardrooms. I think that's a, because that, that's definitely a margin, a high margin opportunity here as well. 
and actually utilizing the capacity where people are in the kitchen are anyway just prepping for the evening to send out food and or maybe also just having bigger orders we're talking about maybe you know 12 to 20 people per transaction which is much more interesting than sending sending one one dish out of the uh, of the door it's batch cooking coming back to that so i see the exactly the same things happening but i definitely see it around um, uh, the healthy eating part and i think they're gonna create their own teams in the end um uh, some of them in some areas and i also think as you said it's going to be very city focused big cities uh, metropolitan cities uh, i think it's going to be hard to make this work in out in the regions um and i already seen signs of that uh, they don't have enough drivers uh, because there's not enough work for the drivers because the people they go into the cities and work and they consume a lot around lunch so i think lunch again is going to be a very very big things when it comes to these things and i think as you said that we we're going to see a change in uh, in the third party uh, companies they they're going to buy each other up or somebody else going to take them over and there's going to be new ones coming in trying to do it differently as you said um in a way how they approach this yeah i think there's going to be quite a lot of niching happening where they're really separating out this big broad all-encompassing market and trying to approach them and and small you know small senses but still big numbers in the metropolitan locations because i agree with you my my great fear is that so i hope that it doesn't happen but i I do believe that inevitably these delivery companies are going to become um, proxies for actually competing directly with a restaurant so i see it more as a I kind of do still like liken it to a supermarket. I think they're going to start not producing their own products, but I think they're going to own kitchens and mm. then lease them out. Yeah. And they're going to utilize the data to target and compete existing restaurants. And exactly as you'd said, all of the restaurants that are using them at the moment are providing them with all of the, the knowledge that they need to be able to do that. And as much as I'd like for that not to happen, and that has been my, my greatest concern um, within this process, I, I think it really is inevitable. But well, well, the last thing I want to say, I think it's going to happen, and I've already seen that happen, and we work with a, a specific client on this as well, is that they will have element of their offering. It could be sources, for example, that we don't with our client, that they have sources. They want to, in a way, to not only sell as part as the dipping together with the product, but they actually start to sell less as the retail item. And that's actually for them, it's a good way to get out to the consumers through either platforms or through their own delivery systems or click and collect because suddenly that's a new product and there's very high margin on it. So it gives absolutely sense to do that. They also, you know, done their own branded beers, as you just said, like the supermarket branded products. And I think that is a very interesting because then you as an operator starts to be very aware about what you're doing, what you really want to sell on that platform in a way. Because, yeah, and I think you, you're going to see more of that. And I think that's that's the way, uh, if I was an operator and I had a very special sauce, uh, my Big Mac sauce, I will definitely, or my Coca-Cola, I will definitely look at that, how I could get that out of the door as well to sell as a, as a retail product without having to put it on a retail shelf in a way. Yeah, brilliant. I think it's a terrific idea. And, and I do, I don't, I mean, over here in Australia, we have a lot more complexity around the delivery of alcohol. Um, in terms of it, you know, underage drinkings, obviously having, and so, and it really is ripe for disruption. So I would, I really do think that the, the delivery side of things will really expand into alcoholic beverages, um, much more completely and aggressively. So I think that'll be 
either where the the restaurants themselves are seeking to pad out those average checks again by having some some beverage supporting them or a similar sort of thing where you're having your large um, wholesalers going direct themselves. I think I think it's inevitable to and potentially even this sort of model going into more careers um, themselves as well. But from the hospitality perspective, I think beverage is, is an inevitable battlefield to be fought. Yeah, and I think in general, that's have not been utilized very well over the years. Uh, if you look at drinks list and especially non-alcoholic. So I think drinks in general are also a massive opportunity for, for delivery. I think in general, because that is primarily food we've been talking about transporting up to now. But, uh, I think definitely there. And it could be maybe the third party platform starts to go to the corner shops and pick them up. I know they're already doing that. They're working with some corner shops to, to on, on the drinks and, and sweets side. So I think maybe that's the way. And you can see Amazon is setting up convenience stores across uh, London now, which is a very interesting move. So a bit like the new version of 7-Eleven, um, which uh, kind of bring an ele- interesting element to the to competition on that. And I think they, they're not doing that without being really thinking about why they should do that. So they're buying up leases very aggressively right now in london so that's going to be an interesting thing to see with that dos again because they're going to be involved with the delivery market with these units as well and the click and collect bit as well we're seeing here too um supermarkets are moving into that space so we're seeing supermarkets now being fronted by delis with completely prepared meals so they're moving away so that that again so that very strongly into that um that healthier more conscious eating scenario so i think with though you know that basically literally having these sort of delis with almost like cafe like um Woolworths shops at the front of supermarkets that's just inevitably going to move into delivery at the same time but talking about the the beverage it's beverage plays the same role in delivery as it does within a normal restaurant there's this huge capacity within within a bar so it's very easy to just add a drink because it doesn't take any time you know it's just simply added in compared to food actually having to be having to be cooked so i think yeah without a shadow of a doubt it's going to it's going to evolve um and i think there's going to be some really interesting things happening over the next, this sort of next 12 to 24 months I can only agree. If we should uh, give, uh, we talked a lot here uh, about different things, um, <laughs> uh, and we can probably we could continue. I know that. Uh, so to tie it up to an end, what uh, what top advice would you give to uh, an operator, either doing uh, maybe they set out to do delivery? Uh, what is the question they should ask themselves? Let me phrase it like that instead. That's probably a better way of doing it. Yeah, I think that. As a, an overall perspective, I think you either use or are used by delivery, as I mentioned before, but I think it's really is understanding the nature of your business. You know, is this part of your, is this something that's really relevant to your business? And quite possibly it is. And how do we optimize within that? You know, so I think the speed is just incredibly important. So if you can add extra capacity into your production. So instead of you just serving the 300 customers that come through your front door, you're adding an extra 150 in, then absolutely fantastic, happy days. Because, you know, your rent's the same, your labor the same, all your overheads are the same. It really is just a cost of goods scenario. But if the, if you, if delivery is costing you the ability to serve your in-house guest, then it really is something to think very thoroughly about, especially in those peak times. And for me, just use it, you know, use it in a way that makes sense. So turn it on and turn it off. And like, I 100% agree with what you said. Just trial. Play with it in, in small ways. Don't just believe what everyone's saying to you that it's automatically fantastic. 
um, just make sure to yourself that it's actually going to make you more money. And the one thing I want to add as well is that think about how this is going to impact your business from, you know, in five years time, three years time. And I know you can't design the perfect world, but think about it both financially and from a customer and employee experience, because we, we didn't touch much about the employee experience here again, but when you put pressure on your business, if you don't have the capacity to, you talked about a couple of times, it will impact your employee experience. And when it impacts your employee experience, the product that comes out and the customer experience will go down and thereby your profit will go down. There's no doubt about that. So that's, that will be my, my final advice. So, so, so that's all for us for, for this time. And, uh, and soon we will be back with, uh, another episode uh we haven't finalized uh, what the subject is going to be so you have to 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 look out for that um but we're gonna we're gonna keep keep you informed in there and and as always uh Ivan, it was a pleasure to talk with you and uh, it's just great that now we can share these conversation we would have anyway with, with people out there and, and hopefully hopefully give something back to the industry and and make it better i think it, i think it was you that had mentioned it michael because we've quite often sort of caught up and chatted even though we're on the other side of the globe, that we really should record our conversations. And I think we just have. We've just had a really a really wonderful chat and made it absolutely always a pleasure to, to share some time with you. Good. Speak to you next time, Ivan, and uh, take good care down there in uh, in Australia. And I hope that uh, the water you've been impacted by recently is not making life too hard for you. <laughs> It's never a dull moment in Australia. It's um, it's a it's a country that's very biased towards trying to kill you. So uh, we'll just do the best we can. <laughs> yeah. Take care and speak to you soon. Lovely, Michael. Thank you. And there you have it. That was the first episode of Rethink Hospitality. And if you enjoyed it or found value, please support us by sharing, reviewing on iTunes, or telling a fellow hospitality enthusiast. We look forward to bringing you episode two.